Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. We're getting into some drumming today on the show. Some of us will actually be playing brass instruments and some of us will be dancing around whilst the others are playing brass instruments. But mainly it's about drumming, really, on this, the last episode of the competition movie series. On Morgan hasn't seen. Janine, we are talking about drumming. Don't let me and my weird phraseology <laughs> fool you. We yes, are. we are talking about drumming. Drumming, because the movie is Drumline from 2002. That is what we're talking about. It's very 2002, this movie it is. as well, and I appreciated <laughs> that. Much like last week's movie, Stick It, was very 2006. Yes. But this movie has a very high appreciation of uh, oldies, so I knew, I, and turtlenecks. So I knew you would appreciate that. Well, one particular <laughs> character in this movie has is a very... Morgan. Is Morgan? Well, <laughs> is he Morgan. isn't really. There's one distinct difference between Orlando Jones and myself <laughs> that I'm sure is plainly obvious to everybody. Yes, but in 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 several aspects, I got some some uh, Morgan vibes from Doctor Lee. I don't know. I hope that is a compliment. It is. It is. It is very much a compliment. But yes, Drumline is what we are talking about this week on this last episode of the competition movie series, Janine, because it was picked by the poll. Yes, I put some uh, competition movies I couldn't decide between um, on the list, and this one won the poll. So uh, patrons wanted to hear us talk about Drumline. In terms yes, of that competition. Was. And I think it fits, you know, the theme of these movies so far, you know, uh, you know, character study of sorts. Yeah. Um, that that's more of the focus leading into a competition. And not actually really about the major sport, which no. is something we have avoided. <laughs> you know, yes. gy- gymnastics was as was close, close as we got. we got. Yeah. But you know, that's still not football, basketball, tennis. Well, you know me. Thinking Baseball. outside the box as usual. I I I should say either form of football, whether it is because it's near it's nearly nearly Super Bowl time, isn't it, Janine? So yeah, all I'm seeing, so I'm seeing an just... awful lot of uh, NFL talk on my social media feeds, and I'm I'm very little aware <laughs> as to actually what's Same. going on. To be perfectly Same. honest. Same. Or, or, you know, the other kind of football. But what am I talking about? Drumming. Because it's drumline. That's what we're talking about. It was the Patreon poll that chose this movie. And like we do every week on one of the shows, Janine, before we get into the main discussion, let's say a great thank you to all our wonderful patrons of It's a Wonderful Podcast. If you would like to join them, and support us in that way, go to patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one. Find the tier that's right for you. Whole bunch of fun stuff coming in 2022 on the Patreon. Of course there is. And, it, you know, it just makes us feel nice sometimes when generosity comes our way. It does. That that yes. That is the honest truth. We appreciate it. So we really much. do. Thank you, firstly, to Michael Smith. Thank you, Maxwell Haddad. Thank you to Amber Coates. Thank you, Abby Friel. 
Thank you, Faraz Muthana. Thank you, 90s Comics Box, a.k.a. my big brother, Justin. Thank you to Video Drew. Thank you, Adelaide. Thank you, Tina Farrow. Thank you, Marcus Burton. Thank you to Steve Movie Fenobi. Thank you, Samir Tesfai. Thank you, Patrick Harden. Thank you, Carla Fees. Thank you, Delisha Butler. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you to the great Ken Knapsack. Thank you to Tom and Kimber of the Odd Shape Channel. And thank you, of course, to Billy Pollahan. Yes, we love them. They're wonderful. Do we love them as we much do. as Nick Cannon loves <laughs> gifting children? people with children? <laughs> Gifting, people. gifting get, people with like children. Oprah. Here is you my get gift. a child, and you get a child, and you get a child, and he's just throwing babies at an audience of women. It is. Yeah. What is that thing? Is it? Is it Oprah Winfrey that's like you get a car and you? Get a yeah, car she did this like whole that. episode where she gave out, and she, her audience was a curated audience of people who had car troubles who needed cars. I don't know if it was Brilliant. like a Christmas episode or something, and she gave them all cars. See, Nick Cannon does that with children. Yes. But Which not was like, not, really not, funny. Not, not like poor children who need a home. Not like adopted no. children. Just with his own penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's very special. Which is why I laughed at the scene when he actually says a line where I don't got a bunch of kids running around. And I was just like, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do, sir. Oh, dear. I don't think I've seen Nick Cannon in a movie before this one, to be honest with you. I really? Think this is my first Nick Cannon movie. I think wow. so. Wow. Okay. That I can remember anyway. Maybe he's popped up in something or other. He but... actually did a remake of uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Did he? He did a, a, like a modern uh, black remake called Love Don't Cost a Thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, I like that. Fair <laughs> enough. This is actually a black movie. We should mention that's that, yeah. that's quite nice. It's been a while since I, I feel like it's been a while since we've done a black movie on Morgan hasn't seen Janine. At one point, it was a staple. You were virtually guaranteed yeah. a black movie every time. Quite a few. <laughs> we did quite a few, but yeah, definitely movies that always deserve to be celebrated. Um, so yeah. So I'm, I'm glad uh, the patrons picked this one for us to talk about. It's been a while since I'd seen it, but I absolutely loved it when it came out. And um, just one that's always good to kind of throw on and check out. So I, I definitely it... was excited to to get your thoughts on this, particularly with the music aspects, because they, they do play and reference a lot of music that you are a fan of. So I, I was wondering if you were going to get into that vibe of the movie. They do. They do. But do you do you like this movie maybe because you were also in a school music group <laughs> not necessarily a um, band, but you know um maybe maybe i am a, a musically inclined person you know i do enjoy singing and and music and i was in orchestra for several years uh, in my elementary to high school experience my brother and sister were in marching band so i'm oh. not to this not to this level of course but um just to kind of see the discipline of it um in this movie and uh you know they were like uh uh, doing some hardcore kind of training and stuff and things you wouldn't think would have to do with marching band. But once you kind of see what goes into it, like the discipline of, of choreography and, yeah. you know, formation. And so you have to kind of be on and all of that stuff. And, you know, 
the whole concept that they push in this movie, one band, one sound. So it's important that you understand that concept because um, it plays into the bigger picture of how the whole piece is going to sound together. So, yeah, I mean, that was an interesting thing to see about something that um, is about music that I enjoy, but seeing the kind of deeper side of it. So um, definitely was a draw of this movie for me. I feel like that's been a bit of a theme of all the movies we've covered this month of this series on the show is that it's kind of given us an insight or it's given me, you've, you've already seen the movies. That's the point. It's <laughs> given me an insight yeah. <laughs> into exactly how serious and, you know, as serious as sports that these peripheral competitions are taken to the individuals that are in them yeah when we talked about bad words you were like spelling bees are actually like televised like people actually get into this stuff very seriously like that like with you know millions of people watching a spelling bee um, what kind of goes into it yeah kids having full binders of of study words and you know you know how legit this whole competition is taken angry parents and yeah yeah. so yeah it's a nice little window into something you kind of maybe knew of on a surface level and then you kind of see how serious it is uh once we got into some of these movies that was also a fun aspect of this series i think that has been exactly what it's been like for me for these four movies with with Every one of them, you know, you, you've got spelling bees, you've got Girl Scouts. Scouts and yeah. Now, I wasn't in any form of Scouts at all. Yeah. Um, you've got what we did, like gymnastics that we yeah. did last week. And then this marching band. Now, I played the trombone <laughs> at about the age of eight for maybe 18 months, maybe a couple of years, actually, maybe okay. around... Around then, I think it was, you know, it must have been before I went through my stage musical phase. (laughs) Okay. When I was in (laughs) stage musicals, which is where my love of Bugsy Malone comes from. If we remember doing that on a... Uh, Of course I do. Different (laughs) format of Morgan hasn't seen that was Janine hasn't seen. Yes. (laughs) a great movie that it is truly one of my favorite musicals of all time let nobody tell anybody any different (laughs) but so yeah so look i i can still a little bit read sheet music little bit not like massive not not as well as i used to be able to yeah i'd have to kind of reteach myself but i in a weird way, I'm closer to this movie than I am to either of the other three. Because I'm okay. absolutely appalling at spelling words out loud. I have to write everything down when somebody yeah. tells me to spell something. <clears throat> I can't think like that in my own head. I can't. It needs to be in my handwriting. How do you spell the word definitely? haven't got a clue, but I can write it. Right? I'm the same way with that word. <laughs> necessary haven't got a clue but i can write it or necessarily (laughs) you know i I cannot say things like that out loud at all silhouette i always like put the h in a weird place (laughs) like i have to think of 
<laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I probably couldn't play the trombone if you put a trombone in front of me right but now. I, it's I a familiar attempt. aspect. You don't know how you could never relate to being a girl scout. <laughs> no. But um, not even not even a boy scout doing the exact same kind of situation. Yeah, um but... or doing gymnastics. That's not something you relate to on any level. But you've played a no, brass instrument. You've played a brass instrument, so you know kind of the time and discipline it goes into even just playing an instrument. So at least there's a base of relation here than there in the is. other films. <laughs> not in terms of drums, though, and certainly not on the level that I now am aware that marching band seems to draw college football-level crowds at sports stadiums. Yeah. Where I thought that marching band, and maybe this is me being incredibly dismissive, and I think it is, that marching band and cheerleaders, but I should know better with cheerleaders having watched Bring It On, yeah. were just basically there to pump up the football team or, or the basketball team or whatever it may be. Yeah. And they didn't really have competitions of their own. They were just there as hype people. <laughs> yeah, as, as very halftime entertainment. Yes, which, but even in Bring It On, that was a situation where people came to the football games to see the cheerleaders because they that were is true. they were competition level cheerleaders. The football team sucked. That was kind of the joke of it. That the is football true. team was terrible, so people came to the football games to see them, not. <laughs> Not the actual football game because they just were terrible. <laughs> and obviously, I may think this. And I don't think this now because, like I said, I'm not a complete idiot, but I was just bringing it up for points' sake. That it's obviously a very American thing. And a very, and a particularly a very American college thing of these absurdly impressive sports stadiums and teams that are always televised and all and get this absurd amount of money and all these ridiculous levels of scholarship that the cheerleaders get as well and the marching band like in this movie get as well it's all this unbelievable commercial entity that just doesn't exist in britain yeah the one time and I mean, the one time we get a marching band at a sporting event is in the FA Cup final, which is the football, you know, our European football. Or Well, it's the English Cup. Yeah. So it's the knockout cup, which I'm not going to go into the details of the FA Cup and its long history. It's basically the oldest club cup competition in the world and any team virtually can 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 get into it so okay. that that's the beauty of it you can be playing you know the top level manchester united liverpool can be playing part-time builders and part-time plumbers who train once a week and play on a saturday at their local club. Oh wow. If they do well <laughs> yeah. enough to progress. Yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 always been the beauty of that. So the one time we ever get a marching band is at the final 
of that, which is at, at Wembley. You get them, and there's all, this whole big tradition of doing that. But it's still nowhere near as impressive as the marching bands in this random college in Atlanta in this movie. Yeah. You know, it, it's just on a completely different level. I madly respect the sports culture of America for having such a theatricality to everything and a showmanship to everything. Like you got these dancers, like legit outfits and, and choreography and, um, you know, as a support to the band. And yeah, it's like a whole show. Like they even say in the movie, like, you know, all these people here for football, they're like, no, they're here for us. You know, halftime is showtime. Halftime is showtime. So um, you just don't get that. You just turn up to a football, to a football game, get stressed out at the football and go home. You yeah. don't come for anything else. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like a concert. And that's why I think the music choices and the issues kind of with music choices in this movie play a big part of the plot. Um a which is kind of, a, of the plot. Yeah, which is a kind of a fun aspect as well. So to get kind of into what this movie is about, we, we've kind of spoke to that a bit. Um, we have Nick Cannon's character who uh, gets a scholarship to play at uh, college and, you know, um, marching band. And he is kind of, you know, cocky, uh, confident, I, 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 you know, make, doesn't... Can I make a joke? <laughs> yes, you can. I'm going to call him a loose cannon. Oh. <laughs> well done, me. Yes, I was pleased with that, that was one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, so he plays Devin. Who you know thinks he's kind of too good for the band, at, you know, atmosphere. He, he's, uh, you know, he got a scholarship, so he is very confident about his skills. So it's hard for him to listen to Doctor Lee, played by Orlando Jones, who who runs the band and even um, kind of the band leaders. Um, so he he gets into a lot of confrontation with people because he thinks he's just too good for any of it. So it's Basically, kind of him. one of the movie is that. It, it's, <laughs> yes. It's him going, to... I'm better than you. And them lot going, well, you have to do it our way, I'm afraid, Nick Cannon. Yeah, and him it's going, him, no. <laughs> it's him really having a hard time with the one band, one sound concept, which is kind of their motto. Yeah. Um, it's about the team, Nick. It's yes. So you. it's about him kind of learning about teamwork, well, which is all as, then. As we to... know. Nick Cannon's not the best when it comes to teamwork, given his escapades in the bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) Unless he's very good at he's very good at teamwork. Well, he's created a team. He's created a team of baby mamas. So, um, you know, (laughs) I have nothing against Nick Cannon. We're just launching jokes his way. We really are. I don't. Should I have something against Nick Cannon? I don't know. I had something against the start of this movie when he started <laughs> playing R. Kelly. Ooh. Yeah, oh, I believe I can fly. Yeah. Yes, which it already starts like kind of giving you the sense of of Devin's kind of you know, which I liked that part where you know the band's playing. I believe I can fly, and they're playing kind of just the basic version, and then Devin kind of comes in with these really kind of you know slick drum beats, and the conductor's yeah. like telling him no. And then he kind of convinces everyone else to like party up the 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 you know drum line of the song. And then the conductor like looks around and everyone's like into it. And so the conductor's like, okay. And then he just kind of goes with it too. You know what's sad? Um, <laughs> Here is here's something as well. 
And for those who don't know this, he's going to age me as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was the number one song on my birthday oh when my. I was born. Are you and serious? That impresses me. The number it one was... song when I was born? Yes, I know what that was. Was who you gonna call? So that's a very big fan <laughs> of number one hits. Um... <laughs> but, I mean, look, the, there's one song there that, you know, in those two, that everybody still loves and deserves to love and should love and there's one song that you can't listen to yeah, at all without now, thinking of despite, terrible you know, people without going oh no no, uh, no yeah. yeah which is sad i think but you know mm. he did it to himself so go away ah, yes Kelly. yes um That's beside the point anyway there is a deeper moment as well um after the graduation Devin goes to, you know, he tells his mom he has to go do something. So he goes to oh, yeah. um, the subway station and he hands the teller at the counter a ticket. And he's like, what is this? And he's like, this is uh, an invitation to my graduation. I've been coming down here for weeks wondering if I should give this to you. Um, and then I decided not to. And he kind of, it turns out this person's kind of his dad who just, I guess, you know, we're, we're we're led to believe that his dad abandoned him, which I like that we don't get a ton of exposition. We just kind so of have this I, moment. Actually. It was a very kind of smart choice for him to Rose. say, you know, I just wanted you to know that, you know, <laughs> I don't have a ton of kids running around, which now gives me a chuckle. Uh, because, uh, you know, that is definitely not the case. You know, I've never been arrested. I just graduated and I got a full scholarship to A&T College to play music. And I just wanted to let you know, I'm actually doing something with my music, unlike you. So that also gives us a hint into, you know, this relationship with his dad who maybe did music and had a career, but gave up on it. So, you know, he also throws that in his face and he says, I hope you're proud because I did all of this without you. Yeah, I I really did. I really did like that scene, actually. Yeah. I think it made me realize that while this movie was going to be... I suppose, melodramatic and have its emotions heightened at times and be a little bit like that. It wasn't going to be so annoyingly in your face about it. Yeah, like, and it was going to be bogged I down. I don't need you, Dad. It didn't have to say that. It did it more intelligently. Yeah, like and then you point. kind of know he's going into this college with a chip on his shoulder to yeah. kind of male authority figures. Now you kind of know this makes sense however however i think he he's a little bit unfair on poor orlando jones who's going through his own problems with the dean of the college oh yeah <laughs> who's tired of the edutainment speech <laughs> he just wants to win yeah this he, this this guy as, you always as... have a character like this in our competition movies who's yes. you know in general in that genre film who's just you know doesn't care about the kind of values uh, of uh, what orlando jones is trying to teach he just wants to win um which no matter what which now i'm kind of sad we didn't include this in teacher films because or orlando jones dr lee he actually has some really great teaching moments in this movie he does but he's not the lead and no. the teachers in our teacher were movies the lead. were yeah, leads. that is true i just saw some really great moments that i'm like oh, he is a really good teacher um you know there's a really there's a really great moment with you know so throughout the whole movie Devin is butting heads with sean who is one of like the band leaders 
and he's really cocky with him. He doesn't want to listen to him. And so it gets to a point where Sean is kind of maybe exhibiting a little bit of jealousy um, of, you know, maybe Devin outshining him or stealing his thunder, um, making him look bad. So in turn, he does things to kind of get Devin in trouble or make Devin look bad. And um, at a certain point, he goes to Dr. Lee and says, you know, I've been thinking, you know, we should leave Devin off the drum line. You know, I think it's better with just nine people. And Dr. Lee takes that opportunity to, to, to teach him something and be like, did you think the line would be better without him or that you would be better without him? Like, is this, and, and like, he's like, when did you think about this? When did you have this thought? And he says, just today. And he's like, well, was it the time that you embarrassed Devin here? Was it the time you called him out this time? Like, I feel like this is something that's been building and you need to kind of step back and, and look at that because the reason I made you like the drum major was because, you know, you loved the sound of the line more than your own drum. And I think you've lost sight of that. And he gives him this great, just kind of teachable speech. Uh, so he can get some insight into like, you know, how he's turned his love of the band into like kind of this vindictive power game with Devin. And I, so I loved, I'm like, that is such like a good, like teachery moment. Oh yeah. my gosh. So I really love that. At its basis, it's doing what he's trying to do for the entire movie, which is just instill this, the, the team is one, one band, one sound issue yeah. that, you know, there are no individuals. There is just one whole. Yeah. Which is, I suppose, right without, yeah. in a weird way. Isn't that what all of the movies in this competition movie series have done? In a weird way. In a yeah. weird way with bad yes, words. Not in a, yes. Certainly with Troop Beverly Hills, it was very much the coming together of the team unit. Yeah. In Stick It at the end with the protesting. Yeah, they, all together. these different cheer teams from different places all kind of came together for one common you know, unified idea, you know. In bad words, less so, because it's a very kind of singular an individual, sport. Yeah, yeah. If you, could, if you were to call it a sport. But there's still a friendship that blossoms throughout yeah. that. And, and that a is... selfless, and a selfless realization that kind of happens as well. Yeah. So that, that, that is a, a motif, as it yeah, were. about that... being selfless and kind of putting the, the, the aspect of the whole above the one. Which is so, nice. I I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I it's do definitely like a that. great competitive aspect. That's kind of a great through line here. And there was um, at times in this movie, Janine, mm -hmm. where now I don't now maybe maybe he's still just on my mind, and I do not want to throw disrespect him in any way. But when Orlando Jones reminded me a little bit of Sidney Poitier. Now, maybe this was the fact that he was just wearing turtlenecks and I had just been watching movies where Sidney Poitier wore turtlenecks. <laughs> but he seemed to be, you know, he, he, just calm under pressure when he was under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And wise and gentle and just kind of, you know, he never really shouted, got angry. Apart from when he one hundred percent needed to, yeah. And you see, even when he feels kind of backed into a corner and forced to kind of compromise his his 
teaching style and his values, um, you see him get upset with himself. You yeah. see him get angry with himself. Like he, he doesn't have to say it. You don't have to hear an explanation that he feels that way. You kind of see it. So there's a moment where Devin kind of showboats and steps out in front of Sean and makes a big scene. And mm. um, the crowd ends up loving it, but it doesn't fit into his values. Devin was not supposed to do that. Devin was not supposed to showboat and kind of take shine away from the whole band. I mean, so I loved it. It was very impressive. Yes. So he scolds Devin. Um, and he plans to take him off the line and, and, and tells him, you know, you're making us look bad and all these things only for the Dean to come up and celebrate it and say how wonderful and amazing Devin was. The Dean, the Dean <laughs> after in that scene, when you're thinking, oh God, it's going to go off here. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. going to shout at everybody. It's going to be horrible. And then three seconds later, the Dean comes in basically going, yeah, that, that was, was so great. great. I want to see that again. More dancing about like a maniac. Give me more of this. This is great. I love you, Devon. You're the yeah. best. He's basically dancing around. And yes. Jones is there. Dr. Lee's just there going, oh, God. Oh, no. Oh. So then the next the next practice, he says, we're going to be adding um, the performance with Sean and Devon into the next game. Yeah. And you and the way he says it, he's just so kind of frustrated. He's still singing in a very calm tone, but he's saying it very unenthusiastically. This was not his idea. This is not something he wants to do. But he's he has doing his, it because he has his strong yeah. values. But he himself and, and look, you know, Nick Cannon Devon is the protagonist of this movie, but Doctor Lee is very much a secondary a protagonist. Yeah. He, he, and like we have seen so many moments of him telling the dean like he does not want to compromise teaching these kids discipline and and things about music and musicianship at the cost of just you know playing flashy like hip-hop you know music of the day so that's kind of where is, the genre is. issue comes in because he's always butting heads with the dean because the dean wants him to play flashy popular music that the other kind of big school that always wins this big you know, BET competition, yes, Morris Brown. Yes, it's a rival with Morris Brown College, and they play these big, flashy, you know, popular songs. And uh, Dr. Lee sticks with the classics, you know, you know, your Jackson 5 and Earth, Wind, and Fire and stuff like that. Not so, that there's anything wrong no, with that. But he, he doesn't play anything from the modern day. So the Dean doesn't like that. And that's kind of a head-butting situation that the music they're playing is not very fun. And um... I just want, I, I, I just <laughs> actually think as well, though, that surely it's easier to play Earth, Wind and Fire, Jackson 5, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye as a marching band than it is to play Snoop Dogg. Surely it's easier. Yeah, I mean, you're getting musicians playing instruments and guitars and formulating these intricate kind of riffs and runs and 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 cadences. So they're all kind of really exciting things, especially to Doctor Lee to to teach people and and have them play. But just... that's not what the audience, since the audience is kind of no. a big aspect of entertaining, you know that's not what they want to hear. Morris Brown is playing the popular songs from the popular rappers that they want to hear. So that's what's getting butts and seats. And that's what the Dean is kind of on his back about. 
and I that kind of comp. I still think Snoop Dogg in marching band music sounds weird. <laughs> yeah. As opposed, as opposed to you know more things that actually incorporated a band playing music. But that's beside the point. I yeah. Suppose. Which because we get it. <laughs> well, Doctor Lee, I suppose, in his in his arc, as it were, in the movie, he has to compromise to a degree as well. Yeah. Much like Devon does, he has to, you know, realize sometime through through this movie that he can still do some. Of what he wants to do. He can still hold true to his values. But you also kind of have to, you know, he's basically given the ultimatum of win or get out. At, yeah. or, or, you know, by the Dean. There won't be a band next year. Yeah, he if keeps you threatening don't do what I tell you to do. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Dean most of the time is a unpleasant gentleman but then some of the times he comes about dancing around like a maniac because he's just seen something he liked i can't work him out <laughs> he I just wants to win out. he just wants to see you know people get excited so and then like a shining example of of dr lee's kind of hardness to to adapt is i think they're at a morris brown game and they kind of have a little duel in the stands against Morris Brown. Oh, yes. So kind of during like a little, um, not really a halftime, but a, like a lull in the game, Morris Brown starts playing some hip hop song and the crowd's going wild as like a, a you know, a clap to, to A&T. And to clap back, <laughs> Dr. Lee decides to have them play Flight of the Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah. As a retort to like this popular whatever I can't remember what song it was, but some popular you know hip hop song. So their retort back is a, a classical piece, and and obviously the, everyone's the, just like, "What the, is happening here?" That of course is very impressive and notoriously. It is, and he thinks he got him. He thinks he got him. But... He is. He's so smug. He's so unbelievably pleased with himself that, oh, yes, all my lovely, lovely band students have played this ridiculously difficult Flight of the Bumblebee. I think it's, is it Tchaikovsky or Flight of the Bumblebee? I think it is. I don't know. And then he gets like three slow claps. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. even like the, the dancing girls sitting in, in the, and, the, and they're doing this like from the risers and like even the dancing girls do like a, a like a very prim like little dance move to accompany <laughs> the flight of the bumblebee song <laughs> um so oh, yeah so it's just obviously dr lee does kind of need to to uh break his uh rigidity to to new music um, is that why you think he's me <laughs> Like that's um, why maybe a little bit me. just that he's so stuck in his time and yes he loves great music and it's all music that you love and he wears turtlenecks like you and he's very <laughs> kind of very strict in 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 exploring new stubborn music. is what you're yes. trying to say yes um and so he stubborn does seem to a, a fault bit, he, he does seem stubborn but ultimately you know there is uh, some give and take that happens so perhaps this um, is why i liked him <laughs> and I saw him as a as a warm, gentle figure. Yes. Who 
did nothing wrong in who, the entire who earned comparisons to Sydney Poitier. Who, for some reason, <laughs> earned comparisons to Sydney Poitier. I think that's less so. I think that's just a type of character rather than an acting style. There is no comparison, really, unfortunately, between yes. Orlando Jones and Sydney Poitier in terms of quality of actor. Not that there's anything wrong with Orlando Jones. <laughs> yeah. We're just talking levels here. Yeah. It was just a style of character, I think, which was somewhat similar to yeah. some Poitier characters. And I think he, he's just still on my mind, Janine, I'm afraid. Okay, okay, that's fair. That is fair. Um, But speaking of characters, we do get some fun kind of supporting characters that are like Devin's friends that he meets. You know, his roommate, um, played by Justin, J- Justin Jason Weaver, um, which I, I had seen him in like some kind of cheesy teen disney movies of my era (laughs) (laughs) yes ernest um who's just kind of running around being very suspicious about things and then we know i thought he he was familiar as well what has he been in Hmm. i only know him from just like ridiculous like uh, some it was some disney like channel movie i will have my era I will have a look. <laughs> Do not worry. Where I think he switches places while like a rich white kid or something. It's like a trading places, but it was like a teenage version. <laughs> I, I I do I did kind of half recognize him. Oh, that's because perhaps he was in Sister Sister, which is a fantastic ah, yes. uh, sitcom. Yes, that I actually do. I I legitimately do very much like sister sister perhaps it was because he was in that but that. i can't figure out if he was a regular in that or not or just in like an episode or two i really don't know let's not dwell on it <laughs> let's not dwell on it janine oh okay. he is quite fun and he is very shady for the yes. entire movie but he has a reason for being shady the entire movie and what is that uh, he has actually joined a fraternity, so he's running around doing uh, all these kinds of, <laughs> which uh, is a, not a concept you are familiar with. Well, um, it's a but... concept I'm familiar with from movies. It's certainly not a concept I'm familiar with from real life. <laughs> yes. Uh, As I went to university and never, ever saw anything remotely hazing and things like that um so yes he is in hazing and freshman hazing and he's running around being very sneaky. Um and then we have Deidre. She's kind of this girl who defies expectations. You know, there's a whole scene where they're doing push-ups and then they see <laughs> and like making fun of, okay, G.I. Jane over here. And then she does a one-handed push-up just to kind of show them all up and they're just all like, damn. Uh, yeah. Which then Ernest ends up, you know, and obviously she likes Ernest, but he's being very vague with her because he's doing all his fraternity running around. So I love the kind of the little moment they have. When she yeah. asks him out and he doesn't really give her an answer. And then when they kind of see him get drug off by a bunch of guys in hoods and um, they realize it's his fraternity ritual. ritual. Sounds and... a little bit extreme <laughs> that though, doesn't it? It sounds a little bit unpleasant. Yeah. Well, she's like, hey guys, like help me. I saw Ernest get drug away by these guys and he needs help. Only to see that, yeah, it's part of his ritual. And then he like when he finally runs into his friends and tells them what's been going on, like they're trying to congratulate him. He's like, hold up a second. And he tells you that, yes, I would love to go out with you and like kisses her. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cute. Yes, it is. Um, 
so yeah, he has like a, a nice group of supportive friends. Uh, also, there's uh, Charles who's always talking about how it's all about the tuba shawty. Oh, he, so, loves, the, he loves the tuba. <laughs> he loves the tuba. He fries food, fries fish in his, in his dorm room. So, um, no, you know. That, what a horrible, horrible thing to do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's like using public microwaves and microwaving fish. Which and, happens, well, Janine. Well, he's actually using a fryer. That's why, like, the electric keeps flickering. <laughs> the electricity might um, keep flickering, but lingering smell of fish is not what you want. Well, if you're if you're if you're in the south, if you're in you know Atlanta, where you know, it might that's a very well be a Georgia thing. Yes, okay, <laughs> but it's still lingering smell of fish is not what you want. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe they open a window. I don't know what Charles does, but he'd be frying fish and talking about the tuba. Uh, and then we have Jason fish <laughs> inside of his tuba and <laughs> just snacks on it um, in between. Um, yeah. Uh, then we have Jason. So they, there's a lot of jokes at his expense being uh, a white guy at this all black college. Yes. The <laughs> only white person in the movie. Right. <laughs> Which he has some fun lines relating to that about how he loves black people, and he's like, "I used to hear this band, you know, when I was a little kid." And then, like, <laughs> Jason Weaver's character just playing like fake violin music because <laughs> he's just being so emotional about how much he loves this band, and um, yeah, and we get some fun moments with him as well, where his um, he's a snare drum player, and there's a rule that you can challenge um, somebody for their spot on the field um, the night before a game. Yeah. So his freaking roommate challenges, like, that dude's my roommate. What? <laughs> like, totally betrays him and challenges him the night before and he loses his spot. So then he gets this whole kind of redemption thing where, you know, Devin is kind of learning, you know, piece by piece to be more of a team player. So he actually has a moment with Jason where he's actually helping him. And showing him and teaching him, you know, giving him some tips on how to 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 use his snare drum so that, you know, the night before the big, big BET thing, he can challenge and uh, challenge his roommate and get his spot back. So, um, yeah, we get some just like little nuggets of moments with the supporting characters, uh, Devin's kind of interactions with them, I think, building a little bit to him more really having that respect for the team aspect as opposed to the individual yeah. aspect so yeah like they are not super fleshed out but i think they give you enough of them that you know they're comic relief they're really interesting characters and they play into kind of devin's arc really well so and obviously we have devin's romantic arc yeah because you have to have that don't you so of course hey, zoe saldana yes as to, the love interest to turn up and um, she's also a dancer on the dance team. Yes, uh, yes. she is. So, so she um, has a little bit of her own arc where, you know, she is kind of her pa parents are paying for her education and they're they're alumnus, and so it's that whole pressure of you know your late nineties, early two thousands movies where the parents kind of dictate your future. A very yeah. I don't want your life. I was uh, just about to say, Janine, you, you, you took it away from me. I was just about to say it. I'm yes. not going to do it now. You know, Freddie Prince's so. junior junior father, Allah, she's all that. You know, oh yeah, pick future. Pick you're asking me to pick your future. Uh, you know, that whole dilemma situation. So that's she's kind of dealing with that. Um, you know, she would love she to major in dance. Says, I don't want your life. No, she doesn't. 
it would just be funny if every one Anyone of these characters who, said who it. had that arc said, I don't want your life. But, just um... inexplicably <laughs> in that accent. Right, in, in just, this Texas. Could be, it could be, they could, you know, this movie could be said absolutely anywhere. <laughs> and everyone just says it. Anywhere. Verbatim, uh, James Vanderbeek, yeah. Texas accent. I don't Starring anybody <laughs> of any age, of any era. And yes. as long as that story point is in there, you gotta everybody, that everybody for five seconds turns into James Vanderbeek in Varsity Blues and he's yes. ridiculously over the top accent. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, she does have that bit of a story arc where, you know, she's like, you know, my parents pay for my education. They're alumnus. They want me to do certain things with my life. So I can't major in dance, something that I'm passionate about. So it's something she kind of has an arc with as well. And it also kind of makes friction with Devin because there's a moment where um, they're having kind of a, a drumline battle on the field with the rival band that they're uh, team that they're playing against and Devin kind of gets cocky and starts playing on the other person's drum which is kind of you know you what know he does, another... <laughs> is he shows himself up yes and he a makes big fight starts yeah I mean I, I at first to be honest with you thought well, he's doing nothing wrong here he's just showing he's better than you yeah, And if that takes a little bit of disrespect, it takes a little bit of disrespect. But then I realized I don't know marching band and maybe this is absolutely unquestionably out of the question to yeah. think so about I think doing. It's kind of, I think it's kind of set up as like that's kind of a, 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 a sure sign of disrespect. Yes. So this is like the big homecoming game. Um, Zoe Saldana has, has planned to introduce Devin to her parents after the game because they're kind of yes. seriously dating at this point. Um, and yeah, he plays on the other guy's drum as they're kind of competing against the other team. And he, a fight breaks out. So it's a huge fight between marching bands and everyone kind of blames Devin because him playing on that guy's drum kind of kicked off the fight. So oh, it's when... nice to have a good brawl in a competition right? <laughs> movie every so often, Janine. <laughs> yes. I, so... I, I love witnessing a sporting brawl, to be honest with you. There's nothing quite like not being involved in one. I'm just kind of watching it go down. Just, just watching <laughs> it from afar. I was actually at uh, the United game. I was going to say, that probably happens a lot over there. <laughs> it doesn't, happen, it doesn't no. happen too much. But, you know, being... A, a, a season ticket holder, regular goer of football matches. This this past Saturday, actually, well, you know, context. It's the ninety third minute of ninety minutes. Yeah, three additional minutes. Marcus Rashford scores a goal for United. Everybody goes absolutely mental. It's yeah. all. It's all. The, the celebration were like celebrations I haven't had in Old Trafford for some years, which which was good. I, I liked that. Reminds me why I love going. But then at the other side, near all the away fans, because obviously, and here's a significant difference again between British sport and American sport, is you do not sit fans together. <laughs> the away fans have their own section. They are, they are, there are lines of stewards on either end to block any funny business. <laughs> However, 
Did this stop two fairly sizable brawls from being seen across the stadium by me at the end of Saturday's game? No, it didn't. They looked nasty. They looked oh big. <laughs> they looked big. There was stewards in high-vis coats everywhere. There was people all over the place. And, it's you know, there's like it's stone concrete yeah. steps and then seats. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's got to be painful. Yes. But they weren't happy about it. Clearly, they were the West Ham fans. So oh anyway, that's 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 that story. Brawls so, yeah. are always fun at sporting events, is what I'm saying, unless yes. you're in one. Especially when it's from the band and not like actual like, yes, there's football no need fans to do it or if you're football players. So yeah, a big band fight, I think, is a probably a pretty unexpected thing to see. So typically, um... Janine, band people are geeks and nerds and they should no. not be fighting <laughs> no leave but that in this aspect the they are the, they are the superstars the... who are, are are throwing punches are. so i'm so... talking in terms of a high school movie from 1984 oh okay fair enough fair enough um where it's very st- everybody is a stereotype <laughs> yes well this defies the stereotype so um yeah so as they're kind of leaving the game Devin's kind of being blamed for the fight he sees Zoe Saldana with her parents in the distance and she sees him and then just like she's like mom and dad let's go and kind of just skulks away because Uh, yeah uh, and just kind of blows him off so then I mean, he kind of rightfully, as well, but yeah. yeah. So then rightfully, he calls her out. She like tries to talk to him, and he's like, "Oh, now you see me," and uh, you know, she's like, "Oh, my parents were just talking a bunch of smack about the guy who started the fight," and um, you know, so I she didn't really stand up for him. I know what it is though. Zoe Saldana didn't want to mother Nick Cannon's twelfth child, <laughs> so she made an excuse to get out of there when she could. Very smart lady. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well done, Zoe Saldana. Yes. Well um, done. Ultimately, of course, they do make up as these movies go. She apologizes. She tells him she's majoring in dance. So she's talked to her parents about, you know, you know, he inspired her to kind of, you know, be herself and do she what she st- wants. And she uh, stuck it to the man. She stuck like it to week. the man. It, it, we're, we're led to believe she sticks it to the man. So Did she do the, um, did she do the devil horns? Like... I, I Haley and not. stick it. Probably not. Um, no, I don't imagine that's a very Zoe Saldana <laughs> thing to do, yes. to be honest. Um, so Devin does ultimately get kicked off of the drum line for his actions. Also, there is earlier events where, you know, he is found out to not be able to read music, which is one of the rules that you have to follow to, to be part yeah. of the band. So he has to enroll in these, you know, classes to learn how to read music. That's a little bit of... I mean... While I appreciate Orlando Jones and his warm stubbornness in this movie, <laughs> I did feel like he was a little bit out of line. And, you know, him and, and, and Sean getting kind of, oh, let's take him down and all this. Well, business. no, well, Sean, well, it, the way it just was felt like Sean... a little bit. <laughs> but it felt Sean was the one who kind of, he noticed it and called it out and kind of embarrassed him and like called it out in front of, everybody so that is true yes so but 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 dr lee is just kind of inheriting to the rules like that is a rule you must learn you must know how to read music to be part of this band um yeah and he did not so but instead of kicking him off the drum line he put he's like you have to take these classes to learn how to read music 
Well, that is so, true. You know, that, that is true. So I, I, it was I, more a, a thing, a part of Sean's arc to how that came out and why it came out. It was for Sean to kind of have something to one up Devon on because Devon was obviously kind of showing him up. I suppose um, it was just the one time in the movie for me where I felt like Dr. Lee was being a little harsh. unfair to Devon because Devon's clearly the best and he is clearly the best and he doesn't and he has also clearly shown that he doesn't actually need the sheet music to actually be able to play what he's supposed to play. Yeah, like he can just hear it and, and memorize it pretty quickly. We've seen we see, we see moments like that, that Sean is teaching them this drum sequence and literally we show we see him kind of having a moment where it's he's slowing it down in his head and he's really focusing on it and then he can immediately play it back. Yeah. So yeah, he's very skilled in that way, and a lot of the even the other drum majors were kind of saying to Sean when he was trying to make a big deal out of it, like it doesn't matter. He's a great player, like you know. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like there's a certain story point in the movie where the uh, the, the music leader, I suppose as you would call it, from Morris Brown College, who is a very jovial mustache man, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> bright purple suits. He he looks a little bit cartoonish. Just a little bit. I think it's the oversized suits, to be honest with you. He he looks like well, he, he, he looks like some sort of theatrical Ossie Davis character. Yeah, well, like it just reminded me of my amazingly late great stepfather because that suit that he wears at the end that purple suit with the with the stripes with the pinstripes yes. my stepdad had a suit like that in I every color with oh, a matching like bowler hat or no, like a, you I know a fancy feathered hat like he had a suit like feathered that one hat. in every color so yes so that suit just had me like you know, well, and he he was from Georgia, so that is oh. probably just a flashy, wonderfully Georgian thing. Um, so yeah, well, so even though he was a terrible, way. terrible person, uh, this conductor. Well, he was. Yes, he was. His he style was, was remember reminding me of that. But um. his style was exceptional. <laughs> he 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 reminded me of, in a good way, of the fashion of the seventies. Yeah. He, he looked like funnily enough the music that his rival a exploitation movie yeah but not in a not in a bad stereotype way no in just a style just a way. very cocky flashy like i'm a peacock i'm gonna show off kind of way which i've um, now which is, come which... to realize that perhaps your late great stepfather janine was in fact a character from an early 70s movie. I mean <laughs> I, I mean he definitely had that sensibility. He was very kind of smooth and 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 flashy like that. So <laughs> I, I love but, um... it. Are we sure he isn't secretly King George from Coffee? Oh, I mean, it's possible. He also had a very fancy mustache like uh, like that guy. I think he so. is. <laughs> Um, well, no, he isn't because that man is terrible, and and yes, no, your late awful. great stepfather was clearly not wonderful. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are certain points where oh, we do learn that actually, like Doctor Lee kind of worked under him, like he was kind oh, of yeah, his protege. True. So the fact that despite 
kind of working under this guy, Dr. Lee has kind of found his own path and his own really positive way of teaching, despite this awful guy. Um, but we see him kind of taking advantage of uh, the setbacks that are happening to Devin, you know, per Devin's own fault. But, you know, um, he tries to use that against um, him to kind of get Devin on on the side of the rival teams. Like, oh, you know, they just had you sitting because this was after, I think, um, the incident with him kind of trying to showboat at that game. Yes. That he um, is taken off the team or taken off the drum line. So that game that he's at, he's just kind of helping. He's not actually getting to play. So the rival kind of uh, conductor does come and try to, you know, tell him, oh, they, they have you sitting in the stands. They have you just putting drums away. Like, you know, I could use you next year if you want to come over here. And really you're kind of best, trying to tell you're, the best, you're the best one. Team. And playing into Devin's ego really well. So it gets to kind of, you know, once he gets kicked off and, you know, he he goes and talks to that guy and says, hey, you know, you would have room for me next season. And it's leading up to the big BET Classics competition that the rival school Morris Brown wins pretty much every year. So Devin now is at, you know, he's gotten kicked off because of the fight. He's not part of the drum line anymore. Um, and he goes to talk to the conductor of Morris Brown, who's been kind of, you know, vetting him. And he's getting excited to kind of, you know, leave A&T and, and, and work with Morris Brown up until the point where that conductor starts asking for secrets about Dr. Lee's playlist for the BET classics. What are they going to do? You know, give me their secrets. And then Devin kind of realizes this guy's terrible. Like I'm not going to, you At know, which point I started <laughs> shouting cheating. Yes. So Corruption. then Devin, Devin realizes how terrible and corrupt they are. So he's like, I don't know what A&T is going to do, but I hope they wipe you guys up with it. And then that's when he kind of goes. So then he gets a package from his dad, um, you know, that says, you know, tapes of music from drummers, you know, and some you may not know. And so one of them is a tape of his dad's band. So he's listening to it and he's actually getting into it. And he's like composing these kinds of things in his head. Yeah, what, uh, what is it? it like this funk band or funk, something? Yeah, his his dad's funk band. So when, like his dad kind of comes back into the story in that essence of kind of inspiring him to play again. So um, he goes to like lay like his thoughts down um, and, and record them when he runs into Sean, who's also doing that. And they kind of get into this like drum kind of duel, you know, um, this back and forth. And the machine is, they're fighting and the machine is recording everything that they're doing. And it's like printing out the music of what they're doing. And that's kind of when they come together. Like Sean's like, oh my gosh, like how did you put this sequence of notes together? That is insane. And um, Devin's it kind of... Like i don't know yeah i just did did that yeah so then that kind of is uh coming and this is kind of a coming together of sean who him and devin have been butting heads the whole movie um so it gets to the point where now devin is gonna help out with uh you know putting things together for the bet classic since he can't play in it so him and sean kind of come together and at this point he's now fully like i'm gonna help out the team you know I just want to support them in any way I can. So he's just involved in helping them put the choreography together. And this is also kind of where Dr. Lee, you know, they go to Dr. Lee and they show him this and they kind of talk to him about combining the old and the new. So you don't think Dr. Lee just sounds like some absurdly stereotypical racist Chinese villain. (laughs) 
Do you not think it does, though? It does a little bit. Oh, no. Watch out for Dr. Lee and his kung fu <laughs> wizardry. Like, do you want from Jurassic Park? Like, he yeah. should be Dr. Lee. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it does. Maybe it may, my mind's weird. Like a crazy, stereotypical Bond villain. Yeah, like a ridiculously, you know, semi-racist villain. Who's just, oh dear. Who you look at and you just go, oh dear, it's one of those Yes, I I see how you could get there. But I feel like I just know this movie well enough that, like, that makes sense to me, Dr. Lee. Okay. It's just when I Um... think of the name Dr. Lee, my mind doesn't go to a ridiculously well-groomed black man. (laughs) <laughs> you know it, fair it just enough, fair enough fair enough <laughs> um so they do kind of convince dr lee to combine the old and the new and so they work on like you know so there's like a nice little montage of like yeah we're getting it ready for bt classics we're bringing the old and the new and it's like this great kind of vibe happening um and the Please choreography compromise janine yes so it, it everyone kind of has things yes so everyone kind of has this arc sean like learns to you know that he's lost sight of the one van one sound and he has to get back there Devin has to learn that it's more about the team than just him you know even zoe saldana has to learn that you know she needs to do what makes her happy um and not compromise you know hurting people um or you know shunning people who don't fit into her little her parents little bubble or do things that don't fit into that bubble and dr lee needs to learn how to kind of compromise and and not be so rigid on things so everyone kind of has a little conductor has to doesn't really learn anything his way through it (laughs) yeah um but he still continues to be incredibly flashy so um yeah, he does not there's... have to learn style. He doesn't. <laughs> no. He, he knows um, that. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's like this great, positive kind of energy going into the day before the BT Classic. You know, Dr. Lee addresses them and he's telling them how proud he is of them. And you hear someone shout out, we're proud of you, Dr. Lee. And it's like oh, this it's great little moment. Yes. It's, 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 <laughs> I mean, I appreciated that little. Yeah. That little shout. We're proud of you too, Dr. Lee. And then, you know, we get our little white boy, Jason, who, you know, auditions for his spot back from the roommate and he makes the roommate look dumb and gets the spot to be at the BET Classic. So, unfortunately, and this is where my mind sometimes (laughs) tends to go as well, is that when people shout things like that, it's like when somebody's making a speech, like Dr. Lee is in that scene. And he, he's in the zone. He's getting into it. He's saying, I love you all. You're all great. And somebody shouts, we love you too. Just a little bit of vomit just trickles up. No. From my and That's it just terrible. makes me go, oh, people, let the man speak, you know. let Or let whoever it is, it could be whoever up there. Let him finish and then you can celebrate. Stop that interrupting. Is that was a sweet moment. I know. Why I know. Do you, why I do know. you have to kill the sweet moment with all I know. your negativity, Morgan? Well, that's what I'm saying. I I, I liked <laughs> Dr. it. Dr. Lee appreciated I it. it. I liked it. <laughs> but, but it made vomit trickle up your throat. There was just an inherent little, <laughs> tiny little bit of vomit that just, <laughs> ugh, just, just no. decides it. Wants to try. That is awful. No. Anyway, wonderful (laughs) moment. (sighs) Yes, wonderful moment (laughs) of Dr. Lee 
addressing yes. everybody and, and so making then we go the into the BET classic we see kind of a montage of the other bands um it's a very uh reminiscent of you know bring it on and that whole kind of big finale cheer where we see kind of montages of the yeah. other where it's just like uh, oh here are the others they don't matter and so yeah we're we hear the, the different music like. we're playing and um then of course we get to morris brown you know and they have pd pablo who's like you know southern rapper of that of that time 2002 come out in his oh yeah fancy I car. Out who that guy was i hadn't got a clue who he was but he looked monumentally 2002 uh, yes he was um and so he comes out and he performs with the band so it's like this big flashy impressive thing that they got a rapper to come out and perform with them uh and as, as, as we all know as well janine the most impressive rappers from the early 2000s wore all brilliant white outfits yes and fur and all these ridiculous things so um yeah, so then we have our A and T crew come up, and they are doing some Jackson Five, and the choreography has them form, you know, the the decade number. So yeah. that was kind of a really cool thing. And then as they go into modern music, then the the numbers change; they form a two thousand two, which I'm like, that is really cool. So they're doing really cool stuff with the choreography. They're mixing the old and the new. Um, and they have a really great, you know, performance. So then, of course, it ends with a big epic tie. Who's going to win? Of course, a big tie between Morris Brown and A and T. So then we end it, and it's determined by the drum lines. So we get a big kind of epic drum line finale battle between our two rival teams. So, um, yeah, obviously great... wins. But the thing yes. is, my issue with the way the this these rules are set. Why is it? Why is a tiebreaker determined by the drumline? What reason do they have for that? I know it just is because the movie's called Drumline, and that's what it is. I think it's just no easier realistic nonsense about. Well, I it's, think it's, it's just. <laughs> no, I'm not having it, Janine. I am not. You are having not having anything. Did this make a bunch of vomit trickle to the back of your throat as no, well, Morgan? No. No. <laughs> no. Why are you being so difficult? <laughs> Just enjoy the <laughs> I did enjoy the movie. I did enjoy the movie. But I'm not having at all that, oh, it's a big tie break. I wonder how we'll sort it out. The drum lines. It's the drum line. Oh, what a surprise. And that's like the that's the heartbeat of the band that's the oh, you know. of course it, well yes i mean that makes sense i, I like that analogy and it's that. also a really cool thing of like everyone that we are a lot of little characters got like a little beat or little moment in that thing so we see deidre and this other girl in the band like do this whole cool thing and you know they kind of put a little spotlight on each person that we know seeing that they're like giving it their all Devin and Sean working together. There's a certain point where the rival Morris Brown team actually comes and plays on their drums. So we've already kind of learned that that's like a faux pas that you don't do. Yeah. And Devin kind of holding it in to like fight or do anything. Uh, and yeah, then they kind of just kill it at the end and throw their drumsticks in their face. And it's like a big, cool, epic kind of ending. And they win. And, and I like how they kind of made the crowd disappear. So you were just focusing on that. And then yeah. kind of as it ended, the, the lights kind of came back up. You saw the crowd cheering. And yeah. You know, it was, it really was quite a, quite a good movie, really. I really did genuinely enjoy it. I thought it was pretty 
not noticeably well made, but well made in terms of you know how what they were doing to it. Fairly simplistically made, but there was nothing you know throwing me off in how it was made or any weird shots or any weird over editing or anything like that that threw me off. Yeah, a really you know cleanly made movie with you know who that that did what it wanted to do and i think it did that successfully i, I don't yeah, think definitely. you could have complaints about this movie I, I really genuinely did enjoy it a perfectly i suppose if you if you watch movies this way predictable movie but there's nothing wrong with that because often they are satisfying and that's what we watch movies like this for to be satisfied by the stories if you had left this movie, oh well, some competition movies, some sports movies are, of course, more about we didn't win, but we earned respect. Rocky, yeah, like, for like, example. Or bring it on. I'll bring it on, for example. <laughs> and that's fine for those movies as well, because that still ends up being satisfying. But which is why we never see just a loss. Yeah. You know, you never see a big sports movie. Oh, it's building up. Oh, and we get absolutely hammered in the big game. That you're never gonna see it because it would yeah. just leave everybody feeling so miserable, yeah. and they don't want to do that. So they make a movie like this, and it's perfectly good in that way. Perfectly good. One thing, well, a couple of things actually, I did want to mention, and I can't believe it's taken me over an hour to actually mention the fact that Nick Cannon's face during this movie was a cacophony. I'm going to use the word cacophony of pouty faces. <laughs> Every time he seemed to do anything, particularly when he was playing the drums, I'm not on camera right now, so I'm not going to do, you know, an impression <laughs> of what he was doing. But he was doing a ridiculous level of different pouty faces and lip movements and <laughs> things like that, that. That really kind of, I noticed them a yeah. lot. <laughs> I like think a that lot. was kind like, of his. Was doing? Yeah, was that was doing? his his uh you know his uh idea of acting i think you know Possibly. they were like have a chip on your shoulder eat it it tastes salty yes yeah, so he's just taste. like mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> for the whole yeah. movie so it makes you salty so which sure um, yeah i get that <laughs> and now i forget what else i was i was going to say actually i did like the movie though i did okay i did like so the movie. ranking ranking time oh we are oh, done with the competition difficult. series out of the four we've watched. What has been your favorite? That's tough. <laughs> you know what? I'm almost going to go in backwards order. Wow, okay. Off the top of my head, might be a little recency bias coming in, but I'm going to go in backwards order. Okay. So drumline, stick it, Troop Beverly Hills, Bad, bad words. words. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just think bad words was a little bit of a Outlier. cynical movie at times. And yeah. The others were incredibly wholesome for the most part. <laughs> yeah. That's why I started with that one because I was like, it was a little different. So it was it was different. It was <laughs> it had its it had its moments, bad words. It was a good movie. It was just it's tonally so very different to these other yeah. three that we've done. And I think I was more 
into the other three, to be honest, than even Troop Beverly Hills, which I don't think was a better made movie, but I actually preferred as just kind of this. The vibe. I, I, I think I said it. I think I described it as a movie that somebody watched when they were seven and it was their favorite movie, but isn't actually that great. Yeah. It's one of those movies. And I actually felt that watching it now, which I think must do it some credit. The fact yeah. that I could tell that it would be somebody's favourite childhood movie, this. <laughs> yeah. Is is good. But I think, yeah, Stick It and and this movie. I think this movie's the best made. And I think it's the more... I think it's, it's also the biggest movie of them all, I suppose, isn't it? Like, it, it seemed to require the most... Cast, the most kind of production the most all that and yes you had jeff bridges and stick it but it still wasn't a massive scale movie this was a much bigger scale movie drumline i think because you needed to fill sports stadiums and you needed to have these quite elaborate choreography shots and sure while gymnastics required those as well you are focused on one individual you're not focused yeah. on a massive group of people. You know, it's like shooting Spartacus compared to a movie with one character. Don't know what I was trying to say there. A big movie and a small movie. So I I, I really did genuinely like this movie, actually. Yay. And it did help the fact that Orlando Jones wore turtlenecks virtually in every scene. And it, it did... <laughs> It does help my fondness for movies if if people are wearing turtlenecks. It really does. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, Janine. Yay. Yes. I've forgotten what else. I've, I really have forgotten what else. <laughs> I want to say. I do apologize. Well, are we, we going to call it there? I think we are going to call it there. Well, there we go for this episode and this series on Morgan hasn't seen Janine next month February we have some exciting things happening actually what's going on in February on Morgan hasn't seen well February is the month of love is it (laughs) it is who who knew i didn't <laughs> oh dear oh goodness so Sorry, of course valentines we've done thing. some fun things <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. We've done some fun things to celebrate Valentine's Month. So um, this is no different. We will be watching double feature rom-coms or romance films all month long in February. Some comedic, some not, presumably. Yes. And uh, yeah, we might we might go genre by genre and pick different genres of romance. So, uh, you know, to cover a nice base for Morgan, you know, because he's missed. He's missed out on some good romance films. Yes. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. It's been a while since we've done a double feature series, actually. I'm quite looking forward to having comparative yes. episodes of Morgan Hasn't Seen, to be honest, which would be, would be quite nice. 
given yeah, that you so know we can squeeze some more movies into a short month and uh also we'll be celebrating our 150th episode of well, morgan hasn't seen next month so we might have to try to think of something fun to do that's a big you know that's a lot well, a lot yeah. of episodes of morgan a hasn't lot of seen. new movies for you over over all this time as well so i hope you've enjoyed an awful lot. the journey <laughs> and unfortunately that's where it ends no it's not sorry i don't know why i said that <laughs> I don't know why I said that. If we ever ended the show, we'd have to end it on a, an MCU movie, just because that's where it's <laughs> That's true. Come, we will come the latest circle. MCU release. Yes. So just we don't will, watch we'll do that. That's what just we'll don't do. watch. Just don't watch the next like five movies that come no, out. No, I have to. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't watch like the first five movies. You know what? I'm into it. <laughs> we just have to be a completely new release, and it just comes full circle like Final Destination. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Morgan hasn't seen yeah. joke for everyone. Yes, go go back and listen for the, to the, for the real ones series. Yes, ones. for the real ones who know. If you know, you know, and we love you for knowing. We certainly. <laughs> anyway, romance and the 150th episode is coming next month. On Morgan hasn't seen very exciting times, but it is not the only show we have on this it's a wonderful podcast feed we have the main show it's a wonderful podcast itself every friday celebrating old movies showing our love to them discovering new older movies and this week janine well we've trickled into the 70s janine and i think it's about (laughs) the second time you and i have ever done that me and nolan do it a little bit more and I sometimes have a side eye whenever we trickle into the 70s, as much as I like 70s movies. But we are trickling into the 70s this week on the main show, talking Death Race 2000, yeah. which is going to be a really fun discussion, I must say. It, because <laughs> we, we have a deja vu as well with its remake with Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. From 2008, I think that is. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun. <laughs> it really is going to be a fun show. I'm excited for the Death Race 2000 episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. I don't actually think we've done a movie that is so not it's a wonderful podcast on it's a wonderful podcast before yeah it's pretty out there but you know it's just take things up every once in a while i think the 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 other one i can possibly think of is when me and nolan did the texas chainsaw massacre which is very much not an it's a wonderful podcast movie but it has been covered on it's a wonderful podcast and it was a first time watch for me to be fair death race 2000 as well which uh, I always appreciate. That is on a Friday. This show is on a Wednesday. We will also have Machine Mondays coming back. I mean, what's happening with the Schmodown, Janine? I thought there would be things (laughs) happening by now with Machine Mondays. I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming the fact that nobody (laughs) knows what a schedule is, apparently. Okay. Well, the awards will be coming out in February. So once once we get our winners and... And that premieres, uh, that'll kick off, you know, I think they're trying to schedule matches now and, and set things up. And so the show's really not going to go into full, like actual, I think, matches and air dates and specific things until actually kind of like end of February, beginning of March. 
March. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, probably not going to have a lot of Machine Mondays content um, until that time. But I think the next thing we'll be covering the awards uh, okay. when, when they are released in early February. Well, keep an eye out for Machine Mondays on a Monday, of course. This show on Wednesdays and the main show on Fridays. It's a wonderful podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. We have the Patreon that I spoke about before. If you are feeling particularly generous, we are also on YouTube at It's a Wonderful Podcast. The It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. For all our live discussions, watch-alongs, other fun videos we have coming there. And we have on there, subscribe, do your notification bell things. And check us out on YouTube as well. You can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at The Purple Dom with a three instead of the E in there. Because, Janine, three is the magic number. On Instagram at just the purple don. All your wonderful stuff is where you can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram, Janine Debean on TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find that at my T Public shop at g9design.tpublic.com. If you want to buy any of my uh, art in print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. And yay, movies. Now, I wasn't quite sure what to ask you to do, to be honest, yeah. Janine, to, to end this episode. I think, actually, the most fun thing would be let's count down from the amount of children Nick Cannon has. How many is that? 14, 13. No, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm joking again. Do whatever you want, Janine. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was way better. I'm sorry, Nick Cannon. I don't know.